Lone Star Mine 7 most definitely contains elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Unit heading out for that disturbance act of Peter in a vehicle. Go ahead and reduce but continue. Reduce but continue at one point. Case file 59, Vanessa Guillen. I'm so happy to be back. We're back. Finally, 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 finally. <sighs> I, you good. know, you know, whenever you like see someone after a long time and you just like didn't realize how much you missed them until you like hug them or see them. Like that's how I felt when we started this recording situation. And hopefully it sounds really nice and crisp on your end because we are finally using our new equipment. It took us a little while to get it all hooked up and working. But each microphone, we each have our own microphone. We have a mixer. Hopefully it's leveled out and it sounds good. The test recording sounded good. So we are big bougie now. Yeah, we are. Bad like, bougie. <laughs> That's a much more appropriate song than the one I was thinking in my head. Okay. Good. Moving on up. Well, there's that too. To the and the, even these microphones have the fancy like screen to keep it from whatever that fancy screen is for. It's like a pantyhose thing. I don't really know the purpose it serves. I think it keeps like, number one, I think it keeps it clean. So like our spit and stuff doesn't get on the microphone. Ew. But also I think it keeps cleaner sound like a, like foam. Son, you have a panty on your head. Okay. Well, here we go. So, um, wait, who are we and what are we doing here? (laughs) It's been so long. See, so I'm Brittany and I'm Carrie. And we are Lone Star 187. Where are we this week? We are in Fort Hood, Texas. Mm, Not Fort Hood. There's a lot of bad shit going on there. So I'm sure those of you that um, when you heard me say the case file, if you search for it or if you're familiar with the Vanessa Guillen case, then you probably already know the story. I remember when it happened, obviously because it was during the pandemic. After it happening, hearing it happen what happened in the America after it happened. And then now going back and researching it, I'm even more mad now than I was then. Happened in the America? In the Americas. <laughs> in the Africas, and such as. <laughs> to quote my sources, I what made me decide this one is there was a 2020 episode about it that went a little bit more in depth about not just what happened to her, but how things like this keep happening, the extent of how bad they are, and how corrupt our army is, mm-hmm. our military is, unfortunately. And I mean, there's bad people everywhere, but yeah. you, you hope that when there's people like that and that kind of control that it's a lot better people, but unfortunately it's not. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Vanessa Guillen was a 20 year old born and raised Houston, Texas native. She was one of six children. Um, her parents were immigrants from Mexico and um, her mom stayed home to take care of all, all six children. And since the age of 10, she always wanted to sign up for the army. Like she just, something about the army just really called out to her. Um, she was very smart in school. Um, she loved athletics. Um, <clears throat> she loved running and she loved soccer. So being in shape and exercise was always a big, big part of her life. So at 18 years old, she decides to enlist into the military. After enlisting, she goes through her first set of training and the documentary really focuses on her two, two of her sisters, um, her older sister named Myra and a younger sister named Lupe. Okay. 
and later on I'll play two recordings for you that especially have chills I, I don't even know what you're <laughs> gonna say but if it's a recording and they're sisters it's, it's gonna it's, be tough especially for us because we're I have three sisters and I can't imagine this happening to one of them um, but also just for her to be so young because I believe Lupe is 15 or 16 and to have so much passion and so much maturity in her voice just really resonated to me her sisters uh, described her um, her older sister Myra said the best way to describe her is that her smile just would touch you and when you see pictures of her you can definitely see that so after she went through her first set of training she didn't even want to come home she loved it so much and most people are like after their first training well no after her first training before she was able to you know, they oh, have to go through the, the, the oh, boot yeah, camp. Yeah, yeah. She loved it. And most people are like, oh no, I'm tapping out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too much for me. But she loved it. She couldn't wait. So when she returned, she was so happy and excited to, you know, start this new chapter. And um, they stationed her at Fort Hood, which was really exciting for her because it was only three hours from Houston, which is where her family's from. So being able to go home every weekend was really, um, really good for her because yep. she didn't have to be away from her family. And they were talking about how big Fort Hood is. And I've mm-hmm. never been there. Have you been there? I've been through there, but I've, I haven't ever stopped. Or I mean, we have some cousins that live in the Colleen area, which is very close to Fort Hood. Mm-hmm. But I've never gone in and visited. I've just, like, driven by. But it, So it's I, I just never, you know, how to say out of mind, not something I've ever been close to. So I didn't realize, but they were talking about how they have their own schools, their own grocery stores. That if you lived on base, you never had to leave. Yep. You know, yep. and a, some some bases don't have that much where you still have to drive into town yep. and be around civilians. But in this in this type of, of base, with it being so large, it has everything that you need. So she would never really have to leave unless it was to go home to see her family. So she was stationed at Fort Hood as an active duty soldier. And her job was she was a small arms repair soldier. So her job was to ensure weapons were maintained. They were clean. They were put together properly. And she accounted for them. So she had log of them. So she knew where every gun was at any time. Okay. So that was her job. After a while of her working at Fort Hood, coming home, her family saw that there was a huge change in her. She started losing weight. She just didn't have an appetite. Um, when she would come back from Fort Hood, she just looked so fatigued and so tired. And they thought, you know, even when she was in training, she, I mean, she yeah. had to do way more then She's than she fit, does now. So it's yeah. not the athletic part of it. It's something else, clearly. Um, and she just had an overall look of sadness about her, which wasn't like her. So the family would ask her and she's like, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. And one of her sisters said that she came in from a weekend and that she just walked in, didn't say anything to anyone went straight to her room, fell on her bed, and just cried. And she just said, I just don't want to be at Fort Hood. That's what she told her sister. I I don't like it there. I don't want to be there anymore. But this is just, this is where it is. So after being there, this is in October of 2019. Um, She is, oh, I didn't tell you where we went, what time of year we're at. See? Oh, shit. I need like a timeline. Oh, Oh, my God. God. Okay, it's fine. So summer, right right now? Right now we are ta- we're talking about October of 2019, but the incident we are going to be discussing happened April of 2020. Okay, right when the pandemic Before was at its peak. Yeah. So in October she's been there a while. She you know she's coming home. She's just not happy. So fast forward to April of 2020, she gets engaged. She has a boyfriend. She gets engaged, and there seems to be a little bit more happiness to her. So during this time when she's depressed and coming home and going to her room, that's October of 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay, through up until April of 2020. Okay, like they see this constant Pattern. sadness and just almost like she's surviving in life, but she's not living. Yeah, she's so, like a shell. Yes. 
so she was so excited to be engaged, told her mom, I can't wait to be a mom. I'm so excited to have a wedding. You know, maybe she sees this as a new chapter of her, of her life that's going to be starting. Maybe that means a different place that she can work in the army, or maybe she won't have to be in the army anymore. She can wait till her four years is up yep. and she can leave. So she's just really excited but about this. But for somebody that loved it as much as she did and was very athletic, it means there's something else going on. And I know um, we know, but like as someone in, in the family, I'm sure they know... That whatever it is, it doesn't it has little to do with the army itself, but something within there that's going on. Right. On April 19th of 2020, her mom, which so much like us as mothers, her mom, when she talks in the, in the documentary, she's so passionate about everything. They're a very strong Catholic. And I mean, she talks about how much she prayed. She prayed rosaries over her every time she left and she'd come back. And her mom talks about on the 19th when she saw her leave, you know, that she hugged her and she had her, they have a big picture in their house in the documentary of a Virgin Mary. And she said, you know, I had her stand in front of the Virgin Mary. I hugged her and I kissed her goodbye. I prayed over her and I said, God to be with her. And I would see her on Friday, which would be when she would return the following week. Fast forward to uh, April 22nd of 2020. Um, her sister Myra notices that Vanessa is not replying to text messages or returning any phone calls. So she's not returning phone calls. Her phone's going straight to voicemail and her texts are not being replied to, which wasn't like her. And this Mm -hmm. was early in the day. So every day on the base, um, there is a representative and I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. She was one of the sergeants on base and she was talking about how with um, every day on base, there was two time accountability check-in, one at 8 a.m. and one at 4 p.m. And at the 4 p.m. accountability check that day on 422 of 20, Vanessa doesn't check in. But she did that morning. But she did that morning. Okay. So they knew that she was on base that morning. So units start just driving around looking for her asking. And this is very crazy. But at the same time that this accountability check-in isn't happening, her dad in Houston tells her mom, his wife, I'm having severe chest pain. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm having a heart attack, but I feel like something's not right. I don't know if it's with me, but just something is wrong. And it lasts for a while. Then it fades and he's okay. But just note that. Okay. Fast forward that evening to 8 p.m. Her sister Myra is like, you know, I don't really like this. I haven't heard from her and I really hate to upset my parents, but I have to tell them that I haven't heard from her because it's just not like her. Myra calls the base and says, hey, have y'all seen my sister? Like she's not answering phone calls, she's not answering text messages. And they said, oh yeah, she didn't, she didn't check in at the 4 p.m. accountability check-in. Um, no one's seen her since around lunchtime. And so she said, okay, well, if it's been more than six hours since she's been seen, what have y'all done to look for her? They're like, well, she left her, her keys to her car, keys to her car. Her car is on base, her debit card, her credit cards, her military ID and her state ID are all here where she worked in the armory base was there. But that doesn't mean that she's still not gone. Right. But so they're saying, well, her stuff is here. Yeah, but you still haven't found her. So that doesn't answer the question, asshole. Exactly. So... After that phone call, Myra's like, well, I got to, you know, I got to tell my parents. So she tells her parents, she told her mom, she's like, have you noticed Vanessa hasn't really been answering? And you know, her mom's like, oh, she's probably busy. You know, we'll see her Friday. And she's like, no, I called the base. This is what they said. And the family's like, how, how could she go missing on a military base? Mm -hmm. It's on lockdown. They have protocols. It's a very rigid schedule. How does someone just disappear? Her sister Myra's like, you know what? I'm driving in. I don't care. I don't blame her. I'm yeah. driving in. So she told her parents, don't worry. I'll check in with you. So the whole way there, she's calling her. She's texting her. She's like, this is serious. You know, wherever you're at, I don't care. I'll come to you. But you have to tell me 
where you're at. Texting or texting or still nothing. So she arrives on base around 3 a.m. And so the staff start, staff sergeant was asleep. And he's like, oh, just come back in the morning. Mm-mm. And she's like, I'm not fucking leaving. Dude. I really need to get in and look around in my sister's barracks, find out where she, he's like, I can't let you on base without a person. So you have to come back in the morning. So she waited out there until 8 a.m. when they let her on base. So the next morning at 8 a.m., Myra is let onto base. And they said, you know, this is her belongings that we found. And this is where she's been working. And uh, we've contacted the military police. And they checked around the base. And basically, like, we don't know where she's at. Myra's like, well, that's really not good enough. Nope. And so there's a criminal investigation department inside the base in the military called the CID, Criminal Investigative Department. So they handle any serious crimes that would normally be handled by the local sheriff or police station. So they have their own, you know, because they're the military. they got to protect themselves. So Myra's like, well, that's all great that you're going to do that, but I'm going to do my own thing. So she goes to a local copy fax place and makes her own posters. And she starts putting posters up. $25,000 reward. She's like, I don't care. I, you know, Mm -hmm. this is not good. So then she's like, you know, everybody's worried about this pandemic going on right now. And she's like, I'm going to start posting pictures of my sister because on social media, because this is my best outlet. People aren't walking the streets. People aren't going to cafes. Mm -hmm. No one's going to see these posters at home. So she starts posting pictures of how um, Vanessa is missing. And a reporter in Colleen named Olivia sees it. And she's like, I'm so sick of these pandemic posts. (laughs) I'm going to give, I want to, I want this story. Mm -hmm. So she sees it and she decides to do the story. So she calls the fiance and her sister's fiance. The fiance. They interview them on TV. And of course, like you could tell the fiance is upset and, you know, the sisters are upset. So then that evening, the army's like, well, I guess we have to put out a press release now because (laughs) it's in the mill. It's in the news. So all they do is they put out a press release that just says, oh, we last saw her on the 22nd at 1 p.m. on Forehead property. They put out a bolo for her, and like now they're starting to search around the base, and then they start only posting. because she well good for her for forcing their hand. Yeah, and they're showing pictures of how all these army men are searching for her, like as if to get like a oh look at pat on the back, like we're doing what we're supposed to, which we should have done when she first went missing. When we knew that she didn't check in at mm-hmm. the accountability check at four and that day, and because it's so rare and so unlikely and impossible for someone to just go missing. This should have been done the second she found out. Absolutely. That, you know, the that second, should have like, been locked down. And everyone's who car is, Who else is not accounted for? Everyone's car should be checked. All the barracks should be checked. No one in or out, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure there were other people missing from the base at the same time. Yeah, of course. So um, her mom felt like she knew what had happened to her, but she was afraid to admit it. So she, the, in the documentary, they're talking to her and she said, you know, I remember there was a conversation that I had with Vanessa where um, she she's like, you know, I, I know my daughter. She says she came in from being gone, and I basically told her, so when are you going to tell me what's going on? Like, there's an obvious change in you. Like, just tell me. And Vanessa's like, it's really hard, and it's really bad to tell you. So just... She was trying to protect her mom. It's better you don't know. Yeah. And she's like, just tell me. Just tell me. She's like, well, I'm being sexually harassed by my sergeant. Uh-oh. And she was scared to report it out of fear of what would happen to her. She's like, give me the name of that bastard. Of I'll course. take care of him. That's tell what me, any tell mom's going to say. Said, That's what I would say. Just you knowing his name could put you at risk. So I can't tell you. And so, of course, you know, her mom is mm-hmm. devastated. So as the day passes, you know, they're looking at security footage everywhere. So there's this little taqueria in Colleen. And they released security footage of her a week prior on April 15th of 2020 of her going to get food. And the lady who owned there 
The lady who owned the restaurant, that their restaurant. <laughs> the lady who owned their <laughs> restaurant. They did an interview with her and she said, oh, Vanessa, you know, she would come in often and get food. And she said, I saw her and her fiance eat here. And she said, she was always a really happy, bubbly person. She said, but that day, the last day I saw her, she said she came in and she just looked like she had a lot on her mind. And when you look at the security footage of her there, she does look like really sad. Yeah. Like, especially when you look at videos and pictures of her previously, like it just looked like all the light in her face she wasn't was gone. bubbling anymore. No, and like, like she's like sitting on the bench. She's just like waiting for her food and then like it's it, she just looks very mundane you know you mm-hmm. could just tell it just kind of portrays that there was a change in her somewhere yep so the family has pretty much had it with the military so mm-hmm. they're like we're gonna start protesting and rallying outside fort hood every friday because her her family had to work so from friday to sunday every week they Good start going them. outside fort hood and they have posters and her sister the younger one she's got a megaphone <laughs> a poly d giant <laughs> mi- microphone is it bedazzled oh i'm sorry and she is you know, what do we want? We want Vanessa. When do we want her? We want her now. We want answers. Tell us where she's at. You know, because at this point, they're like, they have to know something, you know, because it, it's been at this point, it's been almost a month she's been gone. And surely there is also um, there are also cameras on base. Mm hmm. So, you know, they've got to have footage somewhere. There's some footage somewhere there that someone saw something on base. And these are the part that got me the most when I was on this in this part of the show is I'm like these are military people. They are trained to look for trouble. They're trained to look for things that aren't right. Well, but if it's someone on their own, they're also trained. I use air quotes there to look the other way. Oh, and that's very true. As because well. they protect their own, even if it means they're covering up for them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I said it. I don't give a shit. It's the truth. So they go back and they're trying to re recount her steps that day um vanessa was on was on call for her job due to the pandemic so she was working a little bit sporadic more so than what she would normally work because of the state of when she was needed and they were on high alert because they didn't know what people yeah. were going to do yeah so she's, yeah, because of all the protests at the capitol and all that stuff right so she's called in to work for a very they stated a very seemingly small task that's how they explained it like it wasn't Whatever she was called in to do didn't seem like it was really that important for her to be called in to do. At for that them moment. and for her? So, so family, even she probably would have questioned it is what probably, I'm getting at. Yes. Like, really, I mean, you're making in me for come this. in for that? Okay. Like, but I'm on call, so I'll go. So she goes in, she reports to her workstation, which was in the motor pool. And then she walked from there to the armory. And there are two armories. So she walked into one, she checks in where she's leaves her keys you know like like a break room kind of but in the armory she leaves her stuff there and next she goes into the arms room which is next door to the armory and there she came in contact with specialist aaron robinson he was a specialist and an enlisted soldier he was 20 vanessa's only 18 vanessa was a private first class so him being um a specialist was a little bit above her so she was just right below him Um, But she was coming in right behind him. It's not like she was years behind him. Mm -hmm. She was just a few steps behind. And so they had asked him, you know, did you see her? He's like, as she came in, she did her task and she left. End of story. The army decides that because he's the last person to have seen her, they want to interview him and ask him, well, where did you go after you left work? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, after I finished my, my job, I left and I went to my girlfriend's house and I stayed the night there. End of story. So they go to the girlfriend and her name is uh, Cecily Aguilar. They go to her and she's like, oh yeah, he came over and we st- he stayed the night. End of story. They're like, okay, alibi checked out. Move on. 
So now we're going to fast forward to May 18th of 2020. So now she's been missing for 26 days. Mm -hmm. Now two witnesses have come forward and they're stating that when they... Are these civilians or... These are military. military. Okay. They come forward and they say whenever Robinson left, he was pulling a large case called a tough box. Mm -hmm. And he put it in his car and he left. Those are those big wooden boxes that usually... Uh, like rifles and stuff are in there. Yeah, long. it's it's a it's plastic. Mm-hmm. It's on wheels and it has like a big handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's putting that in his trunk and he leaves. So I was thinking it was like one of one of those wooden ammo boxes, but I guess it's a plastic thing, like like a big ice chest looking thing with wheels. Kind of, but it's almost like if you were to if it when it's sitting up, it's about waist high. Oh, so it's real tall. Okay. So it could probably fit weapons. I mean, it's from the armory, but they call it a tough box and it's real thick plastic. He takes it and put it in the trunk of his car, which maybe And he puts mannequins in it? Maybe that's normal. I don't know. But then the military is like, hmm, that's odd because, you know, he could put a body in that. That's what I was thinking. Or a mannequin. A mannequin. (laughs) You know, because it's never really a mannequin. (laughs) So the next day, the army decides to call him in for questioning. All right, so they call him in for questioning. And he's like, sure, I'll come in. They're like, we want to see your phone. He's like, no problem. So military takes his phone, and they also decide that when they're talking to him, they're like, well, we need to find out, like, were him and Vanessa having a secret relationship? Maybe that would give motive, right? So they ask him, and he's like, no. So then they interview other soldiers. Like, were they, did you ever see them making out? Did you ever see them have, you know. Together, Any kind of questionable behavior and everybody's like no 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 since it was an open investigation they weren't sharing any details with vanessa's family so now it's been 27 days she's been missing and all they keep saying is it's an open investigation it's an open investigation we can't tell you anything all we know is she's missing well the family's only going to hear that for so long Mm -hmm. before they're going to lose it right because that means they are they found enough questionable evidence to continue to investigate which means right. they know more than they're letting on well, obviously and to, and to just tell them we don't know but not i mean at this point they don't even know that aaron robinson have been seen leaving with the tough box like they have given the family nothing mm-hmm. and i understand because if they were to approach him it could ruin everything and i respect that from the military side but they could at least say we do have it we do have a person of interest and we're following that lead at least tell me something yeah you know so they get mad. They're like, you know what? We're going to go to Congresswoman Sylvia Garcia and we're going to talk to her and we're going to ask for her I'm help. Get some shit done. So she, <clears throat> here's what's going on. So she reaches out to Fort Hood and she's like, I want a meeting with the Colonel. Sylvia Garcia gets them in touch with, with the Colonel. They have a meeting. Her mother tells him like, if you don't help me, I'm going to President Trump because my daughter fought for our country. She was a soldier and she took care of us and you need to be you need to worry that she was not only harassed but now she's disappeared she's a human being she deserves that respect Mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not she fought for our country and all that stuff she's a woman that was harassed you need to freaking do something about that shit i'm sure you probably heard about the company um texas equisearch the founder oh yeah yeah yeah. the the founder's name is tim miller his daughter went missing back in 2000 and he found her body and ever since then he's been devoted to this equity it's like the necklace most wanted kind of situation yeah yeah so he flew out to help find vanessa he's like you know what if the army's not gonna do it we'll do it so he puts boots on the ground equisearch starts going out and looking for her and but they can't search on the base they correct. can only search around it right he decide he gives twenty five thousand equisearch gives twenty five thousand to bump up her reward to fifty thousand to try and help find out answers Vanessa's sister Myra is like, okay, additional to this meeting we're going to have with the colonel, I we need a lawyer. 
And so she started calling lawyers and nobody wanted to take the case. So then she found a lady named Natalie Kawam. So she called and she told her the situation. Natalie's like, you know what? I don't want your money. We just need to find her. I, we, at this point it's wow. ridiculous. So now the story starts becoming national. She's been missing now for over a month. So celebrities like Selma Hayek mm-hmm. are trying to like, this is wrong. Retired military women, uh, a lot of uh, Latina celebrities start trying to be the voice for Vanessa. And they're like, we need to find her. We need to get answers. We will give money, whatever it takes. Yeah, she deserves justice. The colonel meet with the family. Her mom tells him, you know, my daughter did tell me that her Sergeant Robinson had sexually harassed her, followed her into the shower and was so using... Robinson was her sergeant. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm think sorry. I knew that. She had said a sergeant had harassed her, oh. but also someone above her named Robinson had followed her into the shower and used vulgar words and statements towards her and made her feel very uncomfortable. And so he's like, okay, well, looking back at her folder, she didn't complain. So if she didn't complain, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so the mom's basically like, yeah, she didn't complain because she was afraid that this would happen. This is why she didn't. Or more men would harass her because she ratted them out. Like, Mm -hmm. it's catch-22. So in in the media at this point, there's Equisearch is searching for her. Other volunteers and people in Fort Hood and Colleen and Houston. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a pandemic. Nobody can work. A lot of people aren't working. So they're going out looking for Vanessa. The military gets upset because there's no pictures <laughs> that they're searching. So um, June 18th of 2020 is 57 days she's been missing. Then the army starts to release pictures. They're like, oh, we're looking for her, guys. We're looking for her. Even though some of the pictures were from the first time they looked for her. Dumb. So the next day is uh, June 19th, 58 days she's been missing, and they find remains near the base. Mm-hmm. So the family is like, oh, God, it's, it's, it's Vanessa. They found her. Tim, the guy from Equisearch, calls Myra, and he's like, I'm just telling you they found a body, but it's too old to be Vanessa's. I don't believe it that, it, that it's hers. Old meaning the, the person herself was too old? The remains were too or, old. like... They had been decomposed too, too long, long for too them long. to be hurt. Yeah. Oh, okay. They send it for autopsy. The remains actually come back a young man named Gregory Morales. Okay, that's sad. He was a Fort Hood soldier, and he had been missing for a year, and they marked him as a deserter. So they explained that when someone goes AWOL, you know, like they mm-hmm. disappear, they mark them as AWOL, and they stay AWOL for a certain amount of time. I think it's like a year. Or maybe it's nine months, something like that. Then after that, if they still don't come around, they could, they're considered a deserter. And they're marked that until they're either found dead or alive. Yeah. So Gregory Morales was from Sepulpa. I think I'm saying that right. S-A-P-U-L-P-A, Sepulpa, Oklahoma. And his mom is in the documentary, and she described him as being very carefree and fun. Um, he got married at 21, and the woman that he married had a daughter from a previous relationship, and he took her as his own. And, um, or two daughters, I'm sorry, raised both daughters as his own. So in August of 2019, he was reported missing and they marked him AWOL. Family was called. Wait, that was, oh no, that was a year before because she wasn't missing until April, April of 2020. Right. So it was the previous year. Okay. Yep. Whenever his mom got the call, she's like, this doesn't make any sense because he was only going to be done by September. So why would he go AWOL a month before he was going to be done with the military? That doesn't make sense at all. That doesn't make sense. His mom was a teacher. It's so sad. She, you know, she's like, I couldn't go to work. I just, all I thought about was where could he be? Why would he leave? Like, this doesn't make sense. Vanessa's family, you know, they said that they prayed rosaries for him and prayed for him and his family. They told his family, like, I'm sorry this happened because, you know, if 
they hadn't been looking for Vanessa, they wouldn't have found him. That's true. You know? Yeah, that's what they probably were good to have. I'm sure they were happy to have the closure that they needed. Right. Even though it's sad, at Mm -hmm. least it's something. Now you can lay him to rest. You know where he is. There's no more worrying about where he is. Mm -hmm. You know, what did he do? I'm sure there's a lot of the, what did I do? Did Mm -hmm. I, did I upset him? You know, all of those things that you go through when, like I've had somebody go missing and I know exactly how it feels. I'm just saying. I almost feel like we do know what it's like to an extent. Cause when these people go missing, I envision myself and what I, do I would empathize. do, you yeah, know, and like, too. what if this person in my life just vanished with no answers? Yeah, I would like not how, stop. No, I would not. I probably wouldn't sleep or eat. No, I would just, I would be a weird psycho looking person. <laughs> so they, they, they do an autopsy, but it was still under investigation for quite a while into this day. As of now, they, even though they, could prove foul play. They never released what was found in the they autopsy. Being who? The military. The military. Of mm-hmm. course not. Because, because initially, initiates them. Well, initially it was done by the FBI, right? Because they were found not on the base, mm-hmm. right? So because foul play was involved, the military took it away. And the military has is able to do that with the FBI. I guess. I they mean, can, I, they did. well, because he was a soldier, so they took over the criminal investigative department. Took over, mm. and they said they'll do an autopsy. Now, I couldn't find what really happened to him or what the autopsy showed. It wasn't released, um, but they told the, the mom, "Okay, we agree that foul play was 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 proven." So he did get a proper proper burial. His mom got his benefits. His yeah, all that but stuff. it's not just about that. But it's I almost about... feel like they. They did that to be like, like a okay, switch. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Our bad. Somebody you know? in our base fucked up, but we're not willing to tell you who it is or why they did it. But at least you have your son now and you don't have to pay for the burial and mm-hmm. here are all the benefits. Yeah. Like that's supposed to make up for still not knowing. You have closure, mm-hmm. but you don't know who did that to your son. And what about the and two girls around. that grow up without him now that mm-hmm. had him as a father, you know, and he was young, like in his early 20s. And that you know? means like as a mom. Or as the daughter, you could be sitting next to the person that did that to your dad mm-hmm. or son at the damn restaurant or whatever, somewhere in Colleen. Mm-hmm. And his mom says, she's like, you know, they never looked for him and they never apologized. She said, if the, the military never once said, we're so sorry that we marked him a deserter and didn't do our due diligence to look for him. We're sorry that we didn't know what happened to him. We're sorry. You know, nothing. Of they never, not. never. no. no. So on June 21st, she's been missing for 60 days. Investigation still going on. They have looked into Aaron Robinson's phone. And in the data, they look to see that his phone pings in Belton, Texas, near a bridge near Leon River at 1.59 a.m. You know the where d- Belton is, right? No. It's halfway. It's like between Waco and Austin. Okay. We go through it a lot when we go to the beach when we go south okay well he was um near a bridge near leon river at 1 59 a.m the day after she goes missing but he said he was with his girlfriend so how can he be at the bridge well you know and... the girlfriend's gonna lie oh, so yeah. i mean oh, the yeah. fact that they but just it... took that as yeah they just took it alibi without doing any checking of any of those records is stupid so they call a search over by the by the river um fbi texas rangers the cid with the military EquiSearch. everyone goes out there so they're looking, and they found a burn pile. And do you want to know what was in that burn pile? A skull? A piece of the tough box. Oh, shit. It was the lid of the tough box. It was a chunk of it that had been melted but wasn't completely burned. And they were able to tell what it was and that it matched the description of all the other tough boxes on base. They started to mess with the burn pile a little bit. That had to be a pretty big burn pile. 
and started digging it up, but they didn't find anything. So they sent a cadaver dog out there and it alerted like 300 feet from the water. So the CID, the criminal investigation department with the military is like, oh, well, maybe she fell in the water. They just, they keep saying she's probably in the water. Well, she's then probably why in the did, water. Why did she, so she burnt the tough box and then drowned herself? Like what the hell? So, she couldn't carry the tough box out. They don't have video of her doing it. It's no. the other guy doing it. Exactly. So why not figure out, well, where's the guy? Exactly. So then so they start looking into his girlfriend, Cecily Aguilar. So apparently she is the estranged wife of one of the soldiers, Keon Aguilar. And according to Cecily's friend, Aaron, she stated that Specialist Robinson moved into the home with Cecily and Keon last year. So it would be 2019. He moved in there with them, right? Because they're both soldiers. And Oh, so... Cecily is also um, a soldier? No, she's the wife of Keon, so she's oh. able to live with him. Oh, that's right. Okay. So that's Specialist okay. Robinson moves in with Keon and Cecily, and Cecily starts sleeping with Aaron. Oh, shit. And they start a relationship, and then she decides to leave her husband and go live with Aaron. Okay. So they move in together. That must be some good dick. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, oh, so this guy's going to move in with us. Okay, now I'm going to have an affair on my husband and we're going to leave. Deuces. And I don't know if they st- still lived on base or not. I mean, I know if he's a soldier, he can live on base. If she does that, like, how do they allow that? I don't know. And not only that, that like, if, if he, he can, if the Aaron, I keep wanting to say Aaron Rodgers, but I know it's Aaron Robinson. If he could have his own place, then why would he have to move with him to begin with? So it sounds like there might have been something going on to begin with for him to want to move in with him. Because I'm sure there's know. lots of places... I'm sure there's housing available available for him to live by himself. Oh, have to be. So the fact that he moved in with them is already suspicious to me. Without... Unless unless they didn't live on base. I don't know. That wasn't really said. Maybe they didn't live on base and he didn't want to live on base. Maybe. He wanted freedom. So he couldn't yeah. afford to live out there by himself. When they're interviewing her, she says that they ask her, they're like, why was he calling your phone? Because we see in phone data that that evening... He, before he's at the river, he's calling your phone over and over and over again. But you're supposed to be together. But y'all are together. And she's like, oh, I couldn't find my phone. So I was asking him to call it so I could find it. Oh, okay. Well, that that's a legitimate excuse, but that doesn't mean it's true. It's a quick one. Yeah. And then once, and then when they she couldn't find her phone, they didn't really care. So they decided to go for a drive and look at the stars till 2 a.m. That's what they did. Okay. So on June 23rd, uh, Vanessa's been missing now for 62 days. And Vanessa's family, Sylvia, the congresswoman, and Natalie all meet with the colonel. All, so now they have legal defense and they have the congresswoman there. The colonel's like, ah, you know, I don't really know why y'all are so upset. Look at all these pictures. Look at all this maps. Look at everywhere we've looked for her. I don't, and, and Myra's like, let me get this straight. You brought me to a meeting to look at maps. I don't really come. I'm not really here to see what you supposedly did. Where is my sister? What are you doing to find who did this why, to her? Why like, did you find, like, what are you doing about the piece of the tough box that you found in the she fire? Well, she doesn't know about that. Okay. Yeah, she doesn't know about that. Okay, so they found all that, but they didn't communicate that to the press or the family? Not not initially, no, because this okay. is just like a day or two later. Okay, fair enough. The only thing they know is that remains were found and they were somebody else. Okay. You know, no questions have been answered and they kept saying, you know, it's still an open investigation. We don't have any answers for you. And so, you know, so, so, so Sylvia being the congresswoman, she's like, we told you that there was a possible sexual harassment and you said there was no 
report, what are you doing about this? They're like, well, sexual harassment is just mainly considered misconduct. It's not criminal. So it's not handled with the criminal investigative department. It's handled like internally. He's like, you know, like they're like managers and we're like the top. So anything that's misconduct, which is sexual harassment, is handled internally. Criminal cases like this where someone's missing, we will handle. But as far as that, you'll have to ask them. We don't handle that. Okay. Like, okay, pass the buck That's a little convenient. bit more. Yeah. <laughs> pass the buck then. And he's like, and I don't really understand what that has to do with her disappearance. You came to me asking where your sister is, not about a sexual harassment case. And well, so to assume that the two aren't related is asinine. Absolutely. Natalie, who's the who's the attorney, is like, Well, I want the cameras on base. I want to mm-hmm. I want a copy of all the cameras. And they're like, Oh, those are not operable. <laughs> <laughs> You know they are. <laughs> I mean, it's the freaking military. Those are not operable cameras on base. Okay. And the ones that are there don't go near the armory. So let me get this straight. <laughs> the one place where you need them. The one place where them. you keep weapons. Lots of weapons. Where you need the fucking cameras. Where if somebody were to break in and go get guns, you don't have track of who did but that. But you have them pointed at the schools and the convenience stores. And who and goes in and who goes out. Mats and what is it, the commissary and all that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You can see that. But still, there might have been something helpful on there. Maybe there's evidence of him following her that you don't know about. So to assume that there's nothing on the other cameras is also asinine. Agreed. I, I am right there with you. <sighs> I can tell this is going to piss me off. Do I need to just go ahead and flip oh, the you're, desk it's now? It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. So right. so they did tell the family, all we can tell you is that we are very sure that there's some type of foul play. We'll tell you that. At least they but, did that. But that's really it. So right after they have the meeting with the colonel, um, Sylvia Garcia decides that they're going to have a press conference. And she goes out there. She's like, all right, I'm here to tell y'all. They admitted foul play was here. They did foul play. Something happened. They're not telling us and they, or they don't know, but Vanessa went missing because of foul play. So her mom gets to the podium and she is like, you don't even, I don't know Spanish, but I can tell you that listening to her and the way she's talking, my heart broke for her. You could just tell Mm -hmm. that she is pleading for anyone to give help and to just, she cries for her daughter. She, you can just tell you you Mm -hmm. don't even need to know. So then Lupe, which is her, her younger sister, is up on the podium. And I will now play a segment. Um, I want them to be able to hear it too. After they have the press conference, <clears throat> the reporter pulls Lupe aside. You know, how, how are you feeling? Like, like one-on-one, right? So this is her talking. Everything, you just see 
That's her, you know, she's pleading out. She's like, I'm sick of this. So America sees this, right? So now America's upset. Like we as a nation are pissed. Yep. It ran a pandemic. So people are painting murals of her, which I'll post pictures. There's a giant mural in Fort Hood right outside the gates of her military picture. They start doing protests and they start having marches. And then I'm sure you remember the hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen Mm -hmm. starts happening where people that were sexually harassed in the military, they start posting about how they were harassed and they were um, they had to leave or they were raped and never told anyone. And then celebrities start talking about how, you know, the same hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen and how this is what happened to me. Military's not happy with all of that. Big time, attention. no. And then that started the Me Too move. The hashtag I figured Me Too. I was going to ask you that, but. Yeah. And so then that led into the hashtag Me Too where they're like, you know what? Vanessa Guillen, Me Too. Mm-hmm. It happened to Me Too. And it just flew from there. So the nation is pissed that this beautiful, wonderful person has been taken and no one seems to really care. They just pushed aside and the military doesn't give a shit. Yep. The rest of America does, but everybody on base. And I'm sure there were people that were on base that knew what happened that wanted to come forward, but they were probably scared. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's the saddest part to me. Besides the fact that they just thought she was a piece of trash that they just mm-hmm. pushed aside and didn't do anything else about. So on June 30th, she'd been missing now for 69 days. Contractors near the area of where the tough box was found is working on a fence. They smell something bad. They call Bell County Sheriff around 11 a.m. At first, whenever the EquiSearch people and everybody was called, they're like, we've already been there. Like, it has got to be an animal. We were just there. So it doesn't mean you searched everywhere. Right. So they go back to the area and they realize that they have been walking on this area this whole time in this area where the smell is. But why? But they didn't smell it at the time? No. And they realize that concrete has been poured over the remains. And there's the reason why they were able to find it is there was a lock of hair sticking out from the cement. So they so realized. Then how did the construction worker smell it if it was in concrete? Because where they were walking was up, like on a on a trail, and these contractors were down below. So they were getting oh. the smell coming from direct oh, level. Okay. But they're walking up alongside this Leon River, right? So they are on top of her. Sorry, I gave it away, but no, we kind of <laughs> knew that. So they they notified Texas Rangers, EquiSearch, FBI, and CID. And some remains were found there, but then they started digging around and they found two more areas. So there were three burial sites. The other two burial sites were completely covered in cement. So they were walking on her and had no idea. She was right underneath them. So they found three women out there? No, they found her in three pieces. Oh my God. I thought you meant there were three separate... There were three separate graves in a small area, but they were all her. Oh my God. They contacted her sister and and even Tim, when Tim called and said, this is what it looked like. And I believe that it's her. And Meyer's like, I could tell by the way he described her that it was my sister. Like, I just knew the way he described the hair, the tough box being so close by because he told her there was a piece of something from the military base nearby that we had found previously. But of course, without 100% confirmation from the ME and medical examiner, they're not for sure, but... 
Tim's like, I'm telling you, it's it's a. This is where you're going to get really mad. Oh, jeez. We this have new where... equipment and a laptop that I don't want to no, break. This so... is where it starts. Okay. And then. I mean, it's already started. But this is really where it starts. Okay. So later that night, they go, because they have the remains now, they're 99% sure it's her. So they decide to go speak to Robinson's girlfriend, uh, Cecily. She just decides to divulge everything because they have a body now. So she's like, okay, well, um, I'll tell you what happened. She said, um, I was working at the gas station and he came to pick me up. He said we were driving and we were next to the Leon River. And he said, you know, um, while I was at work today, I beat Vanessa in the head with a hammer at the armory base. I put her in a tough box and I put her in my car and she's in the back of my car. So I need you to help me dispose of her. They get out and he takes the container out of the car and shows her and it's her. So they just get a machete and start to dismember the body. So she helps him. She helps him. So then they attempted to burn the body. It didn't work. They dug three holes and broke her into three sections, put her in the three holes. They cover it up and they leave. Then three days later, on April 26th, they go back. They bring hairnets, gloves, and concrete that they bought on Facebook Marketplace. And you they go... concrete on Facebook Marketplace? Somebody was selling it. Contractor, they maybe bought too much, didn't need it. I guess they did that to hopefully Shit. not get a trail. But there's communication. There's more of a trail there than, like, going... You might go to, like, some mom-and-pop hardware store that doesn't have fucking cameras... They probably and, would have and operable you, cameras. And you, and you pay cash, and then there's no record of it. Right. So they attempt to break the body up more and burn it again. Still doesn't work. So they decide to just cover it with concrete. So she's still... The concrete was just on the top of her. Correct. The concrete, she wasn't like completely encased in the concrete. No. It was which just is why the smell was lower than up high. Correct. So to this, to this day, her mom doesn't know how this happened because she refuses to know. She's like, I don't want to know how I don't happened. blame her. I would yeah. be too mad. But, and her youngest sister's like, it's not fair because I know these details and she was my sister and her own mom doesn't know. And she's like, I know she doesn't want to know, but it's not fair that I have to know. Like, yeah, I don't want to know it's either. It's a burden. Yeah. I don't think I could know because I would probably do the vigilante thing and take matters into my own hands and just end up in fucking jail. Probably. Well, you're hot-headed. That would happen. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's going to get bad. You're about to get real mad, okay? So Cecily agrees to do some recorded calls with him, right? Because the media doesn't know yet that right. she's been found, right? So she can get ahead of that. She starts calling him and she's talking about what happened. He doesn't deny anything. Like they have plenty of proof on these calls that everything happened the way Cecily said it did. Are you going to tell me that the military fucking protected him? Hold on. Oh my so God. the army's like, we're going to go pick him up. As they're doing that, he sees pictures online or he sees the media breaks that the body's been found. So he's like, oh, well, oh shit. shit. Right. So, so, well, so, so they go get him and they're in the middle of getting ready to question him. So he's already been obtained. Okay. He was requested by an unarmed, I want you to remember this, unarmed escort. Okay. An unarmed well, escort. I'll Goes and gets him. But, but is this, hold on, is this escort in military or civilian? Military. It is okay. handled in military before it goes to FBI. Okay. So the unarmed escort from the military goes and gets him, takes him into a room, and puts him in a room. Let's him keep his phone because they want him to still talk to Cecily. Okay? Right. So while he's in there, he sees breaking news that her body's been found. Somehow, he gets past his unarmed escort, flees... In a vehicle, some vehicle, 
drives into Colleen. So now he's missing. Nobody knows where he's at. He's So the police go looking for him. They pull him over. They approach the car and he has a gun. He has a gun. Now they said he didn't walk in with a gun. Okay. You think the unarmed guy had one and he gave it to him? He gets out and he basically suicide by cop. Points the gun at the police, but they don't shoot him. They don't shoot him. So he ends up shooting himself. Piece of shit. How does he get the gun? How does he leave? We know. We know. The unarmed guy said, there is a gun in the car. Go help yourself. Get the fuck out. Whatever you did, you did. But this is not going down on the military base. So get the hell off the base and you're on your own. That's probably exactly what happened. That is exactly what I think happened. I think there was no other explanation. We can't deny it. The family won't let us. They found her body. Your stupid girlfriend that helped you. She ratted you out Mm -hmm. and we're, we can't protect you. Mm -hmm. So the only thing there is for you to do is get the fuck out. This is your get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. If you can make it out of town and disappear, do it. If you can't, that's on you. Yep. So he didn't have to answer for anything, but you know, he had to answer to the ultimate judge upstairs. So, so of course they're, you know, they asked Cecily, they're like, since he's now, this is what's happened. Why did he do it? Did he give you any reason? And she's like, oh, he said that Cecily sent Aaron a picture of herself to Aaron's phone. And Aaron said that Vanessa walked by and saw the picture and he was afraid that she, because she knows that that's the other guy's wife. And that so this she was before report, they moved in together? This was, this was the day that he murdered her. He was but afraid. like they were already cheating on on. So he and this is what she says. Okay, yeah, well, and that bullshit. he was that he was afraid she would report the affair, and then he would get kicked out of the military no, for the affair. That's he would get kicked. That's, both of them would get kicked out, and he would get in story. trouble. So in order for that to not happen, he bludgeoned her. No, that's not it. So um, no, because they were already living together as a, they were already together. Yeah. And the military knows who lives with whom. So you can't, that's unless, a bullshit story. Unless it was off, unless it was not on base. But I don't, I think you have to live on base if you're there. I don't think you do. You don't have to. So the next day, there's another press conference. And um, this is a little bit longer, but this is a, um, this is what, hit, this one, this got me to my core. But So um, who is this that's talking? This is Lupe. This is her sister. Again. And this is the day after they have found out. That it's her, or two days late, two days after they find her, and the day after they find out what what happened specifically, and um, that well, he's but what himself. happened according to Sicily, not necessarily what really happened. Correct. Well, I mean, what happened as far as what happened to her body all matches okay. up. And then he that and the fact that he the chicken shit that did it yep. shot himself. Okay. Yep. Sister, safe. They're always trying to cover 
tough to hear. And she's so young. I mean, she's 16, 17. <sighs> and to have so much, so much anger, you know? And it just... Yeah, it's emotional. Um, And then, of course, if you haven't seen that, you should also look up her mom talking as well. Yeah. It's, it's even more emotional to me to, for her mom to talk because... Even though, like I said, I don't know Spanish, and when she's speaking, I don't know exactly what she's saying, but she speaks directly to my soul. Yeah. I can just feel her pain, and whatever it is that she's saying, she is demolished, you know? So is she saying that her mom's in bed on pills? On pills. Okay. Because she, she kept saying with pills, and I yeah. didn't understand what she said the first time, and then I was like, oh, I think she said, insinuating that she's having to take meds to yeah. be able to cope with what happened. Yeah. And like she said, like her family doesn't deserve this. Yeah. Two weeks later, um, on July 14th, uh, in, in Waco, uh, Cecily is denied bond. And of course, Good. she pleads not guilty. Dumbass. And they interview her estranged husband at the press conference. And he's like, I'm shocked that she was able to do this. And I don't believe that she did this because she can't even kill a spider. And she has a very weak stomach. So how in the world she was able to help him with this? I don't know. I don't know if she felt like she should say she did it with him because she didn't want him to get in trouble by himself or if he did it and she watched him. But I just don't believe she, there's any way she could have taken part I in mean, it. I mean, you think you know somebody, but maybe you don't really. Maybe. Well, and, and he's like, I feel like maybe he threatened her and said, you will help me or you'll be next. And that yeah. may be why she helped him. And she's because she told the story when he was alive. Maybe she was afraid that if she went against him too much that he would come after her. So... They said she had a very, that Cecily had a very troubled upbringing. She was in foster care at the age of 12. And by 16, she was out on the streets. Like she didn't stay in foster care. I can't remember. What is the guy's name on 2020? The Hispanic man. Do you remember his name? Um, Keones. Something Keones. He does an interview with something. Uh, Ryan McCarty. He's the secretary of the army. He starts, he decides to look into like Fort Hood. So over the years at Fort Hood, there have been proven Within within the base, prostitution rings, okay, shootings, robberies. In four years, more Fort Hood soldiers have died in homicides than battle. Damn. Well, I mean, if you think of it, it's like a little town inside. It's like a community. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that there's the same kind of things going on inside that community that there are in every community. But no other fort, no other base in the nation has this problem. Oh, really? So they're saying that in 2020, just in 2020, 28 soldiers died, vanished, or turned up dead. One was found hanging from a tree on the base after reporting being sexually harassed. So how did 20, think about that, 28, that's at like two or three a month. So you're saying no other army, no other military base. Not at, not to these links. Okay. They're very so, few and far between. So it does happen. They're just, the majority of them are Fort Hood, Texas dickheads. So, and so was the person that sexually harassed, was she, if it was at a woman? Are these all women or is it men as well? Um, it just said soldiers, but this, the one that was found hanging from a tree was a, was a male. Okay, so it's happening both to men and women. And women, yeah. Which um, is bad. I mean, it's bad enough that it's women, but that it's men and women means it's just... It's not even targeted because there are women in the military. It doesn't matter. Right. You're not safe, no yeah. matter who if, you are. If somebody wants something from you, it sounds like they're going to get it whether you like it or not. So in 2019, the Pentagon decided to make sex... They wanted to make sexual harassment coded as a 
crime yeah. as a uniform code Instead by the military. Instead of just a misconduct. Right. Agreed. Um, but it's still pending at the Pentagon and the military. Like, it never was passed. I guess it's not an important thing to them. Come on, um, Pentagon. And Natalie Kawam, which was the family's lawyer, she decides to work with the family to pass a bill, the I am Vanessa Guillen bill, that will pass for a third, required a third party advocacy group. And that was part of the Me Too movement, that if you, whenever you file sexual harassment charges or you say somebody did this to you, that a third party non, non-military person is your advocate. Right, so, but if but if the military doesn't want to tell them, it doesn't mean that unless the law, no, unless you, they enforce, you are given an advocacy group as a military person, and when you file, you file to your advocacy group, and the advocacy group files it with this with the army and with the police. Okay, so that protects the person, but that doesn't mean that the military is still going to cooperate with no, give you any no. inf- any information. No, but it means that then they follow up with you and they're checking to see how you're doing. They're your advocate outside the military so you have another you have a layer of protection and help that has no affiliate with the military right but like they're not with you 24 7 so if you're on base no and and, you're going to get crooked people that the military is going to pay well not only that like if if somebody comes on to you and that person comes on to you and say he doesn't come on anybody else and then you go to your advocate and then they go to that person's boss it's no secret who went and ratted you out. Of course. So, I mean, I get that it's something, but to me, it's still not enough because no. you're still not protected no. and the military is still going to cover up. Yeah. And they're, and how do we know they don't say, okay, we need 40 people to pay off to go work as advocacy people mm-hmm. that will put stuff on. It's just going to, it's all about corruption and money. That's just how it happens. And power. And don't power. forget that. Mm-hmm. Cause in that situation, it's power. So on July 26, the Guillen family um, go to the White House and they see President Trump. Okay. And so it's um, Sylvia Garcia, the congresswoman, Natalie Kawam, their lawyer, um, her mom, and her, both her sisters with Mr. with President Trump. And he's like, you know, I saw it on the news. And even so before they get ready to go, um, the guy with 2020 is like, are you nervous to meet President Trump? Because, you know, he's trying to put this wall up and he has an issue with, you know, Latinos. And I love what her mom says. First, he said, are you nervous to meet President Trump? And she said, why? He's a person just like me or you. He's no different. Mm-hmm. He just has more power than me. That's it. Yep. He's no different. I'm not nervous at all. And she asked him, you know, are you worried with me, you being a Latino? And he, she said, I don't think so, because if it wasn't for my daughter, that was be one less soldier that was around and she fought for this country and she protected us and he should see her as that, not as a Latina. Well, and she's here legally. There's yeah. there. It's not, is he insinuating that like she's here legally and she no, should be he worried? No, he was just asking her with her, because yeah. she's an immigrant from Mexico legally. Right. Her parents were. So, you know, he's just asking her as yeah. an immigrant from Mexico, do you feel offended, yeah. you know, by them? And yeah. she's like, no. Not at all. So they yeah. go there and they talk to him and he's like, I assure you, you know, we're going to everything we, right, we can. Right. So afterwards they're like, how was it meeting him? And she's like, we'll see. He can say a bunch of things, but I want to see what he can deliver. I mean, she's and, a very intelligent woman. And so what has happened? Not a damn thing. They do tell him about the bill they want passed. And he says that he will take care of it. So I'll get there in a second. 2020, they interview Ryan McCarty, the secretary of the army. And when I tell you his answers could not be any more vague of course and dance around like a the fucking answer politician it was like i don't know why how he could do the interview i'd have been like okay so are you going to answer my question or are you just going to well, give me just a bunch of my words? time get the hell out like he just he said a whole bunch of words that didn't answer any questions so they asked him like why did it take so long 
you know, she was missing for two months before you find her, found her body. But I mean, they didn't even find her body. Somebody else found her body. Right. But I'm saying like it took two months of searching and you didn't have any more answers. The outside world found her and she went missing on base. Like, how did you how did this happen? And um, he's like, well, it was very confusing because a lot of the witnesses, we had three different stories we were following because one person said they saw her at this time. Another person said that they saw her at this place. And then, you know, you know, Robinson had an instant alibi. So he was off of our list. So it went cold. I mean, that would be the same if it was an, it was like an FBI case. Not really, because they're going to validate the fucking (laughs) alibi. That's the first thing the FBI does. Exactly. Because I mean, you can say whatever the hell you want, but there's going to be something if you're lying, something will show that lie. Something, whether it is peeing they, in the cell phone tower, checking with their jobs, looking at cameras at convenience stores close by this. Like, there's plenty of other ways to find mm-hmm. out if it's true. But they didn't even do that. So they, you know, they asked him, like, is Fort Hood a, a, a do you feel Fort Hood is safe? And he said, what do you mean? And the, the reporter said, well, if your son or daughter were to go into the military, would you feel safer there? You know what his answer was? I can only hope that my daughter would want to serve in the, the um, United States military. Yeah, of course. He's not going to answer the question. <laughs> like He can't say it's not safe because he's going to get trouble by his boss. But he doesn't say it is safe either. No, of course not. Because then he knows he's lying because then the uh, the Americas will be like, so you're lying. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the major, which I guess is like the main guy of Fort Hood... After this situation, he retired. Yeah. Like, right afterwards, he retired. So yeah, I'm sure they that, told him, you need to get out. And they asked him about the unarmed escort. They're like, how did an unarmed escort... First of all, why is an unarmed escort taking a possible murder suspect into a room? And he said, well, you know, whatever policy and procedure Fort Hood has in place is to protect those of the civilians and people of the military. So we followed, we, we followed protocol. Didn't answer my question. Nope. Well, what well, how, is the protocol? That's what how, I would have said. How how did he get the gun? Well, the room he was in, there were no cameras, so we're unable to find out how he got the gun. How so. he got the gun. So why would an unarmed guard take a potential murder suspect into a room with no cameras? Great question. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly they weren't worried about themselves. I mean, I'm sure none of those people on the military base felt that they were ever in danger by him at any point ever, because they knew that the only people that are in danger of Around that guy or women? And so they said, you know, four months after the death now, it's been four months because this interview was done, I think, in October, November of last year. Excuse Girl, me. don't do that. Sorry. Sorry. So they asked him, you know, four months later, how, how do you still not know what his motive was? Like, how do you not know? And he's like, well, we weren't able to question, question him because he killed himself. So that's why we don't know. But you had ample opportunity to question him before the day he shot himself. So you just didn't take advantage of it until. So what about the stupid bitch girl that helped him? Where okay. is she? I'll get there. Okay. So again, they ask me, you know, criminal, your criminal behavior base is higher than anywhere in the nation. Anywhere that no base goes through what yours does. You've had two mass shootings. So is it by ver- is it because it's bigger than the rest of them and there are more people? That's part of it. Yeah. That definitely is part of it, but it's the criminal behavior that's right. higher. So maybe it's the it's type the, of type of crime that's happening. So it might be Even the, the, the big, people that are being there that are training them. 
Right. It's the people at the top. Somewhere Mm -hmm. is corruption somewhere. Because even the other big ones, they may have theft and robbery, but they don't have... This one's had two mass shootings. I know. They've had a couple mass shootings. 12 soldiers missing, sexual harassment, prostitution, and lately a child sex ring. Oh, my God. So it is like a little fucking mafia town up in there. And, of course, he's like spews out a bunch of words and doesn't answer the questions. And that's whenever he asks him, you know, like, is it safe? And he's like, you know, would you put your daughter there? And he's like, I can only hope that she'd be in the military. Um, And so then he asked about Mr. Morales, the one that was found prior to Vanessa. Oh, yeah. And he was like, you know, he was murdered. Why did you never look for, for him? You know, his mom wants an apology. And all he said was, is the military gives his condolences to the family and they're looking at the policy about AWOL and about possibly changing it. And he's like, <laughs> did you know that Fort Hood alone has, has 820 open AWOL cases? 820? He's like, it's very hard to tell how many are voluntary and how many are involuntary. He's like, we it just doesn't don't have, matter. Like we don't, we don't have the capabilities or the, the people to research those. So we're looking at read about changing our AWOL policy and that how soon someone becomes AWOL and what describes an AWOL person. Uh, do any other military bases have that many? 800 p- people that just go AWOL? I don't know. And they, they didn't Because 800 that. might be, a, it sounds like a lot, but like if other military bases have as many, then it's not that big of a deal. I'm sure theirs are probably higher because the nation is looking at this base as something's not right. I mean, and I can tell you that if I got in there and I started getting sexually harassed and saw nothing was going to be done about it, I would just bolt. To yeah, I'd be of like, course. I'm out. Or you. what if you saw a prostitution ring going on and you didn't want to be killed, so you just left? Yep. And so, you know, they asked, they said, what do you, what do you have to say about Mr. Morales' death? And he said, you know, our condolences are with the family and we're disappointed that we lost um, a team member and that was it. Never like, we're sorry for the loss. Of course not. We're sorry that we don't. And whoever killed him just got away with it. So a month after they got the body, they finally got to do a burial because it took a month to finish everything, try and get some pictures. But she um, had a custom casket made. And it was ha- it was part military, part Texas flag, and part um, Mexican flag. Oh. So it was like all her favorite things. The casket was put in a um, clear box in a ho- in a horse drawn carriage by her mom and dad, and they took her to the high school and had her ceremony there because she had so many good memories there. And outside the gates of um, Fort Hood is the giant mural mm-hmm. of her face. I love what her mom said. She said, you know. The one thing about these monsters is that my daughter is a piece of history and there's nothing they can do about it. Yep. They made her a part of history and it's never going to change. So I'm going to keep going. So as of January, 2022, (laughs) if y'all could see my sister's face right now, Mm. like she knows it's not good news. This bitch. (laughs) Because... (laughs) Because Cecily's case has been delayed for over a year and a half, they're trying to dismiss charges because there's no proof that she was involved. There's no forensic evidence. There's no DNA evidence. There's her phone wasn't there. There's no proof except for her saying what she said. And because they can't just take a witness statement. And she's entitled. I understand that. She's she's entitled. She's entitled to due process, and she's been waiting for a year and a half to be convicted and have effective counsel. Because I mean, she may not have been there. He could have just told her what happened. Yeah. And she was just repeating what she heard. Mm So, I I still am not. I'm still judging the fuck out of her, because she could have gone to the cops. 
the that next day she could have gone to the cops yeah okay? and you would have been to jail and there'd be exactly and if you're that scared you go to the cops and you get your ass in oklahoma or somewhere and you stay there until he's arrested or whatever right so if it is denied then a trial date will have to be selected and they're afraid they won't be able to find a fair jury because Mm-mm. of how it was nope it's just we're just waiting so is she in jail during this time oh yeah she's in jail that's okay. why they're saying she's entitled to due process that she's been waiting for a year and a half so let's let's just say that they were to give her 15 years for i mean she didn't murder her but they really and that's the thing we don't really that, know and so maybe i wonder if they've done any kind of like mental mental um evaluation on her because if she was this kind of person that her ex said she was about wouldn't kill a spider if she was involved in that wouldn't she have a lot of uh, wouldn't she be traumatized by mm-hmm. what she saw? Because I know I would. I that know, would I fuck would. me up big time. I wouldn't be able to hold that in forever. Mm-mm. It would eat me alive if I had to see that or be a part of that. Mm-hmm. That would help them if they... Well, the only <clears throat> evidence they truly have is there is proof that she helped get concrete on Facebook Marketplace. That's so the only that's thing. something. Even if they just charged her with, um, what is it, um, improper use of a body or yeah. whatever that is. And they gave her 15 years, let's just say. And they give her, she spends half her time in jail, that's seven and a half years. By this time, she's already, she has already sat in jail for almost two years. That's still not long enough. No, but. Be, even for just, there should be some kind of criminal charge for knowing that someone did something and you didn't say anything about it. I think there is. Isn't it um, withholding? Aiding and abetting? Maybe, yeah, or withholding criminal Because that's what she did. She yeah. helped him, and then she covered for him. Yeah. So it is aiding and abetting. Yeah. So maybe but, they can charge her with that, because well, I mean, knew. I'm sure they have plenty to charge her with, but it's if she goes to trial, they have to convince a jury that she did all this with no evidence. It's, the only thing they can prove is that she, she assisted in getting Okay, cement. so if you know that's what you can prove, then don't try to prove that she killed her. Just prove that. Yeah. Because if but that's they, all you can prove. And at, the, at this point, because she, they, no trial date's been set, she doesn't know when she's getting out. And, and, and according to due process, that is what the criminal is supposed to have. She's supposed to go to jail, mm-hmm. give a trial date, have her day in court, and then be punished. Yep. And right now she's just in limbo and they don't think that that's fair. I mean, I don't really care what's fair when you're <laughs> in that kind of a situation. We don't, but, I don't think she... This is going to sound really shitty, but I'm going to say it. I don't think it, she deserves any kind of fairness whatsoever. She knew somebody was chopped up and buried and saw the freaking parents and the, the daughter, the sister begging and pleading and she did nothing. So mm-hmm. I don't feel sorry for her at all. Mm-hmm. If you could see her face right now. Oh my God. Um, but it, but um, the judge did, she went before a, a judge in January and he refused to dismiss it because she has 11 various charges, including obstruction and accessory obstruction of justice, which is withholding information, accessory to murder, and giving a false statement. Okay, so see there, that's enough so, right there to hold her long um, enough. But that... still no trial date's been set. But on good news, the I Am Vanessa Guillen Act was passed this year. Okay, good. Um, I think it was this February of 2022. Now, not to get too political, but I do think it's a little shitty that Trump tried to push it and it wasn't passed till Biden got into office i'm just gonna say i i agree especially considering trump met with her family yeah but so what is the what is this so i tried to vanessa gein i am i'm not very good at lawyer talk so i mean i read it it's like six pages but basically from from what i gathered from it is there just is a a lot more protection 
for people like they have multiple different ways to give so there there's a new process on how you report it or is it actually criminal it's like, now it's or like is how it, is it still misconduct or is it still criminal no uh trump did get it in as, as a criminal offense. okay so that's good so it is it is criminal which means that the military can't handle it on their own that's it has good. to be done outside so that's the story of Vanessa Guillen. That's a really sad story. I do remember that. I, I didn't remember um, exactly where they found her and how that happened, but I do remember seeing some of the footage and hearing about them being able to go and visit Trump, and then I, I didn't know about the bill. But And I didn't even remember that hit the guy's girlfriend was involved, but I do remember it was somebody on base that did it to her. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think the part that, um, that got me so... so so mad was that for the like the the as soon as she was reported missing and the base knew that her stuff was there they knew it was an internal issue Mm -hmm. and that is the part that bothers me yeah because they didn't do anything about it until the family started doing something and And only to make it so they didn't look bad they didn't do it because they felt a sense of obligation and i think there's a um a little bit of an assumption of some of those people i think they assume because there's so many Latino people in the South, in, in South Texas, I think they take for granted that there's a lot of people that don't have family or people that would look for them or people that have the means to fight. And this family didn't have the means well, to fight. All really they had stupid. was a voice. All they had was a voice. But and it's they stupid to voice. assume that she's not going to have family looking for her. Well, if you look at how many people have gone missing, like we haven't heard of any of these other things happening. Did they not have family? Did they not have family with a big enough voice or support system yeah. to speak out? True. Vanessa's family did. But this boy that was found hanging, we never heard about that. That's true. Gregory Morales Well, they're not going to tell you about the person hanging because that happened on base. You're only going to hear about the shit outside of the base because we I'm know they're going to cover up. She obviously didn't ha- that person obviously didn't have family. Or the family just didn't want it, want their business out there. Yeah, but so I'm, people are really I mean, private. I'm just saying, if, if something happened to my, one of our family members, oh, we'd be in the news. I'd be on yeah. Channel 4 tomorrow. I think they've just been lucky for a while that whatever whoever they've been messing with were the type of people that didn't have a lot of people in their life. And maybe she didn't talk about her family on base. Maybe they didn't know that she had all these siblings. You know, I don't know. But I just feel like... Them, and that sounds I like think, what they've been doing. I just think they've underestimated. Yep. And they've gotten used to this pattern of doing awful things to people that don't have people in their lives to stand up for them in death or being missing. And they think they got just a little too comfortable in Mm -hmm. all of the fucked up shit they're doing. And Mm -hmm. they just thought they were just going to keep getting away with it. So I think he tried to rape her or tried to Mm -hmm. come at her. And I think she had enough. And I think she was like, I'm going to report on you. I'm going to tell on you. I'm tired of this. Or maybe she fought back. Maybe she hit him or kicked mm -hmm. him in the nuts and And, pissed him off. And then now he felt you know, oh my God, you kicked it, knocked his ego or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't think it had anything to do with the affair or any of that bullshit. No, that was I don't a whole either. lie. Nope. I think I'm he was sure. trying to get what he wanted and she didn't. I think he had been in. harassing her for a long time. Mm-hmm. I do. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's why she was so sad because mm-hmm. she knew there was nothing she could do about it. And the place that she loved the most was causing her the most pain, mm-hmm. which I'm sure there was like a whole internal battle going on for her too i mean because when she enlists for four years she's theirs for four years so she probably felt like i have no way out but i want to go awol Mm -hmm. but i'm sure she probably thought okay well when i get married i'll be living on base with my husband and i'll be i'll be protected i'll be a little bit safer and then if i get pregnant they'll move me jobs so then i won't have to worry about working in the armory anymore they won't have me doing this i'll be doing something else so i won't be under him what about her fiance 
really sad that she you know he was like it's not this is so her. she never confided in him about what happened no, no. only her mom and her sister hmm. i mean i would be the same way to an extent because if you tell your fiance he may go out and he may kill him and then now you've lost your fiance See, that's me like i'd be the silent deadly thing you're, you're gonna do that to me and when your ass goes to sleep you better watch out <laughs> let's just say you won't be bothering women anymore after that because you may not have a well let's just say to do that we both with. work in the armory and a gun accidentally went off i don't know what's or, or maybe yours your shit got you know it was um what happens when they get they get stuck. jammed yeah your yours keeps jamming and then maybe it blows your hands off who knows? Or maybe there's a deadly snake that just ends up in your bed. Yeah. So it's such a sad, and it makes me sad because it's Texas, you know? It's mm-hmm. so sad that people in power, and you know, I've, I know dad was like a big conspiracy guy with a lot of different things. Like he just knew that Kennedy was an inside job mm-hmm. and, you know, he always questioned 9-11 and the older I get, the more I understand why he saw things that way because, you know, when you grow up, you just assume and you have this, this, um, innocent You're, feeling mm-hmm. that everyone in power is there to protect you. And, and unfortunately that's, that's not be, the case. They, very rarely are they telling the truth. Most of the time, just assume they're fucking lying. Yeah. They probably are. Yep. Even so, if their whole thing isn't a lie, some part of it is. Yeah. So it's so sad because, you know, who knows with the kind of personality that Vanessa had and the love and the family she had, who knows where she'd be today, mm-hmm. you know? And it's sad that I hate that obviously it happened to her. It would have happened to someone, but at least the Me Too, Me Too movement came out of it. People will not hurt. She unfortunately was sacrificed to save many people. Um, so at least her memories on There in was vain. a giant movement and a lot of women started feeling a lot more comfortable with coming forward. So you mm-hmm. have a lot more people of power, congressmen, all kinds of people CEOs and presidents, all their shits out there. Just like this most recent election, that one governor, what, what, wait, some, one of the guys that was running for something right before the, the night before election, it came out that he had an affair. So he had to come clean about it. I know that's different, but my point is. People are tired of women are getting tired of just sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. They're, like why they're do more I comfortable? Why is it okay to just pretend like this didn't happen? You yeah. know, like I was violated and I was hurt and my yeah. voice should be heard. Yep. Don't try and silence me, you know. That is the story and of that's Vanessa. That's a really Gann. good one. Good choice. Yeah. It's really and it sad. spoke to me because her sisters were yeah. and I just don't know I would be just like them if that yeah. happened to one of my sisters. Me I would too. want answers and I'd be yelling and screaming too. So God forbid. Well, it's so good to be back. Yes. Rest in peace, Vanessa Gein. And I hope her family um, is at peace. Yeah. Especially Hopefully. her mom. Yeah. You know? In the documentary, you see her. She has a little shrine of her. She's yeah. got holy water and she prays every day over there. And if yeah. that gives her peace, then yeah. I hope she's able to live a as happy and healthy and full life as she can with the loss. Yeah. So... My prayers go out to them. And rest in peace, the... the, Gregory Morales. Yeah, Gregory Morales. Rest in peace as well. All right. Well, it's a good one. It's a wrap. Yep. That's a wrap. We'll we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for the support. We love you guys. Thanks for being patient with our break. And we'll we'll be back. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.